This is Jenny Owens with the Health Data Ethics Podcast. And today I'm thinking about something that Kay mentioned in our last episode, the imperative to do no harm. And I'm thinking in particular about who who has this obligation to do no harm? You know, our, our physicians, our, our caregivers, they they take an oath. Those who work in the hospital generally feel that they're bound by this oath, but we don't we don't actually take it. And I found myself thinking a lot about how harm is defined. Harm to whom? Um, harm to the individual patient, harm to the collective, and then harm on what time schedule, right? So, you know, like I think about surgery, right? Surgery causes immediate harm. You know, you're, you're causing deliberate trauma to a patient in the hopes of improving their health long term. So it, we do kind of need to evaluate harm on several different scales. I find myself thinking about this because I'm thinking about how the electronic health record may play into the thinking about whether we're harming a patient or not. And I'm curious for the caregivers in the audience, do you feel that the electronic health record upholds you as you pursue better health for yourself and for your patients? I'm thinking about the encounter format. You know, I feel like that drives the focus to individual events. Um, I feel like the the patient-centric view prioritizes both the individual um, and recent events over over historical events. So I, I started thinking about this, and then I started thinking about, okay, so what, is, what are the ethical burdens on the EHR? Um, what is the EHR supposed to be doing in this scenario? Um, it should be a safe place to keep our data, right? It should provide privacy and confidentiality. It should be secure, um, and it should hold accurate data. And then I started thinking about who owns that data, that's in the electronic health record. Technically speaking, I mean, a, a, the, the patient owns the data, but what does it really mean to own something? You know, do we think about owning it as if you own a piece of property or is it more along the lines of intellectual property? You know, if I own my data, I should be able to access it, right? If I, if I write a novel, then that novel is mine. I can sell the light, you know, I can sell the license, I can license it. I can sell rights to it. You know, the, the novel is my own intellectual property. But my my health record is difficult for me to market in the marketplace. Um, the the institutions that helped create that health record they can market it for me, but I don't really see the benefit of that as an individual patient, which is interesting. It's also difficult for me to access my own data. So there there is a federal initiative um, that states that patients have the right to their own data. Um, so as an experiment, I did this a few years ago. I paid fifteen dollars for a copy of my own medical record. Um, and what I found was interesting. Um, so I, I re- what I received was clearly a photocopy of something that somebody had printed out because it was about 15 degrees skew, which was very charming. Um, but when I found inaccuracies in my record, and there were inaccuracies, you know, it's it's, it's a, a product of a lot of hands and a lot over time. Um, but it has some some notable errors. Like for example, only one of my major surgeries is on there. I have two children. I've had two C sections. Only one of them is on there. Um, there's not really a mechanism to edit it for accuracy. So if I own this data, to me, that says that I have a responsibility to to participate in the ethical burdens that are placed on the EHR, right? I have a responsibility to help protect the privacy and the confidentiality. I have a responsibility to help protect the security. And I have a vested interest in make sure, making sure that my data is accurate. And there isn't really a mechanism for me to try to go back and change that. There are, there are some some ways that you can do it via my chart, but there's no way in my chart to to really say, "Hey, you're missing one of my kids in my medical record." <laughs> um, 
And I think that there is a good reason why the surgery is is not on there. And I think it's because of the the very the varying levels of privilege that go into some of these uh, some of these encounters that a patient has. You know, we have different levels of access for behavioral health notes or you know notes on on certain specific very sensitive types of encounters. And one of my C sections was happened during an audit. Um, of the hospital. And so my my C-section was actually observed by auditors. So I suspect that this is why it's not there. But I still find myself thinking, okay, so what does ownership mean? If I cannot curate this data, if I cannot mark it, if I cannot market it, what does that truly mean? And what are, what are my rights and my responsibilities as an owner of my health data? And I started thinking about the marketplace for health data, right? Health data is very valuable. Um, and I, I am one of the first people to say how very valuable health data is and, and how we should be doing many things with it to benefit not only our current population, but future populations. And then I'm wondering, well, if I own my data, if I, if I own a novel, if I own a screenplay, can I pull it out of the marketplace? And the answer is complicated, right? Because contracts are involved. And you know, the answer is complicated in the in the sense of individual health data as well. Can I opt in or opt out of the marketplace? And the answer is, is very complex. I find myself wondering too, does anonymization make a difference? So if my data is being marketed and being used to benefit, you know, pharmaceutical companies or if it's being used to train, you know, medical algorithms, does it make a difference if my name or the other 18 um, personal health identifiers are not on there? I honestly don't know. This is something that I really want to think about more. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts. <laughs> 